Okay, so every uh, day or so every now and then we're having what we call a spotlight session where we're going to shine the spotlight on something. Um, and this first session is on the next generation and how beautifully, yes, thank you Next Gen's teams, um, that that came through in our prophetic encouragement this morning where we had that beautiful picture of the fire spreading across the whole continent and that the next generation were going to be these incredible torchbearers. And so um, Tom is leading the session. And this is also an opportunity to get to know people. So Tom, Tom's part of Rick Road, and he leads one of the sites there. And Tom, come stand up here, because I said, yeah, that's interesting, but people really want some interesting information. So I said, give me some things that people wouldn't know just by looking at you. And so the first thing he told me, he is the father, first time father to a four-month-old. Oh. Hey? Yeah. Their daughter, Lavrio, she arrived four months, but I said, actually, we can see the bags under the eyes. We could deduct that. And then the second factor, he's a Liverpool supporter. Some people, yeah, there's Bruce. Sorry. But over to you, Tom. Thank you. I feel like the first random fact won me to everyone, and then the second fact made a lot of enemies. So... So please get to know me and don't judge me based on poor life choices first. <laughs> All amazing life choices are no, but that's for you and me later on. Yeah. So welcome everyone. Uh, as uh, you heard, my name is Tom, and I I'm really here to facilitate other people being able to put a spotlight on our faith and excitement for the next generation. And it is something that I know is already in the hearts of all of us. Uh, it is such a joy to be able to go around from advanced events and talking to advanced people on the phone and just hearing enthusiasm, just spilling out of them for the next generation. So this session isn't, come, let's do something better. It's more like, let's praise God for what he's doing and keep putting fuel to the fire of our hearts and for our churches and for our movements. And so uh, I'm going to be asking a lot of people to come and help me uh, to do this and to tell all of us what they have been doing in their fields. And so you are going to need to warm up your hands for lots of clapping, either to welcome people or to thank people for their contributions, okay? <laughs> so you're not warming up your hands because we're in cold... Joburg, and for some reason not in the warmth of my home, KZN. I, I don't know why we did that, but yeah, you warm up your hands to welcome, so just do that. So they're nice and warm and ready to work. Great. And, and I want to ask, I ask uh, some of us to do something. Probably not all of us, but some of us. And this is really for me just to get the ball rolling with two important reasons why we're doing this session now. And the first thing is this, reason number one, why this is a really important session. Can I please ask you to stand up if you, in your testimony, in, if in your life, you have been influenced or impacted by either a youth ministry or a youth leader or a youth camp. If that's in your story, God did something at a youth camp. Look around the room at the number of people who are standing. Reason number one, brothers and sisters, why this is important. Great. Can I ask you to sit down again? Now, I too was a teacher for a few years. I wasn't a math teacher. But if I was, I would guess that's somewhere around the 75% mark for, for, for this room. The number of people who, who, who God grabbed a hold of them as a teenager, 
and did something. And that tells us, without any other reason, that tells us that this is crucial. That tells us that this moment right here is important because, you know, in 20, 30, 40 years, there are going to be a ton of new faces in this room. And they're not going to be ours. They're going to be the next generation. And so we're just jumping into the slipstream of what God has been doing in us as a movement and in our own personal lives. That's reason number one. Look at what he's been doing. But reason number two is this, and this is why I think this is uh, really important for us right now. When just, uh, just under two years ago, myself uh, and my family, Selo, uh, who's on sound at the back, and his family, a couple of others, when we were thinking of uh, planting a new church into the heart of Durban, we did a little bit of cultural analysis and recon of wh- where we are planting into. And uh, one of the most staggering statistics from a UN report of my city is that over 66% of over 3 million people that live in my metro, over 66% are between the ages of 18 and 25. That is a staggering statistic. That tells us where the harvest is. And that is actually just an only slight increase of our continent. In fact, another UN report said that in the continent of Africa right now, 60% of the population are under the age of 25. And in sub-Saharan Africa, by 2050, the number of people who are under the age of 25 is going to increase by 50%. If we're looking to where we should be sowing seeds, where we should be putting all of our resources, if if we've got kingdom mindset eyes, there's no other place to look than where all of the lost sheep are straying and and where we need to go if we're going to be the shepherds to call them to the good shepherd. And I really want to just help us put fuel under the fire for this. And there are people who are doing this already. If we know where the harvest is, then a really good farmer is going to look at the field and they're going to start dreaming of what that field will be as a fact in the future. And they'll start doing things differently. They'll probably go and buy more seeds. They'll probably go and employ more workers. They'll probably upgrade their equipment because the harvest is really ripe. And what we need as a movement are more workers to be able to plow and reap what the Lord is doing. And so I want to just encourage us to give a warm embrace to everyone who is in and doing this already in the field, in the ministry, and really also stir and provoke all of us to consider how our churches are going to capitalize on this incredible gospel opportunity with this new generation that's emerging. And we're going to start by giving a bit of a highlight to a couple of the things that God has already been doing this year. And uh, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, Charity. Why don't you come and join me? Uh, Let's give her a hand. Charity is uh, a friend of ours. She is in Grace Family Church in KZN, Newcastle. Uh, She's leading her youth ministry, Youth Anchored. Uh, She is such a fruitful and faithful youth leader. And so she's actually going to be helping me for some of this session just to coordinate and to facilitate. So, Charity, over to you. (laughs) Thank you. Um, Hi, everyone. (laughs) Um, So, I just want to start with the reason why I'm with youth is because... I've been in youth since I was young, and the reason why I'm leading youth is because it's so nice to stay young and go to the camps. Someone was crying about the camps here, because they don't get to go anymore, I still get to go. (laughs) (laughs) So I just want to call 
Josh and Brett, can they please join me? And can we please welcome them with a clap of hands? Please. Great stuff. So I'm just going to ask them to just introduce yourself and say one thing, okay, one word that has been good about you leading youth. I'm Brett uh, from God First Four, Four Ways. One word. <laughs> Jeez. Good. Cool, man. I'm Josh, and I'm um, from Eugene, some the West. Uh, vibes. Vibes. For sure. <laughs> vibes. <laughs> That's good. That's good. Uh, so in January, we had some camp in the Western Cape and in KZN. So I'm just going to ask them to play the Western Cape video. Great stuff. <laughs> so guys, please come closer. I'm just going to ask you to give me, or give us, some highlights from the youth, just from the planning and how the youth camp has impacted the youth. Cool. So a uh, major highlight for me was, was the collaboration. Um, I, I've, I've just never been part of a, a group of churches that collaborate like, like we do. Uh, in the planning uh, and, and the implementation, it was incredible. I mean, two different hubs collaborating together. So within the hubs and between the hubs, the collaboration was just unbelievable. The people that just stepped up and said, hey, use me, I'm here. And then when camp time came, everybody was just unbelievably on point. Like they were just ready to serve God, serve the teens, and they did so well. It was just unbelievable. I mean, I'm, I'm up here, but I'm representing a whole group of people who just collaborated unbelievably. You know, from the background guys setting up, packing down, uh, you know, there a day early, you know, late, to the, the guys who were there, you know, the anchors, the worship guys just killed it. Um, the, the speakers were unbelievable and, and just not only ready and willing to, to serve, but, but clearly just so close to God, just listening to God and unbelievable how clear the message was throughout the whole camp through lots of different speakers, but all saying this, exactly the same thing. Uh, that was unbelievable for me. And then just on, on the camp, the teens just seeing, like literally, just those few days, seeing lives transformed. Like in front of your eyes was just unbelievable. But the true test, because, you know, we've all been on camps and it's like, Wah! and then you go home and, you know, go and kick the cat and diss your parents. But, but really... I, I, I can only speak for my group, but I know I heard from the other groups exactly the same thing. Guys went home and they were changed. They were changed. Even two weeks ago, I have to just share this. Two weeks ago, a guy stood up on, on our youth on a Friday night. He said, if it wasn't for camp, he said, look, I was forced to come on camp. You guys are pointing at me. Forced me to come on camp. I didn't want to come. But if I didn't go on camp, I wouldn't be here. And he, he wasn't talking about sort of suicide, that sort of thing, but he wouldn't be anywhere near a church. He comes every single week to youth. He wouldn't be near a church. And he, he shared amongst his fellow teens how at school he is fighting guys who are pushing him to vape and to smoke and to do all sorts of things. He, he's 
literally pushing them away. And he said it's because of what God did uh, on that camp. And, uh, and we've heard amazing stories just like that. So, yeah. Yeah, so cool. I think, I think what you just highlighted now, which I didn't even consider as I was thinking about, was the amazing collaboration as well. It was just it was really an outstanding point with the Western Cape camp. Um, anyway, I, I wanted to start the feedback around our camp uh, with a story about a goose. And so, <laughs> and so um, there was this beautiful goose, uh, and there was also a fire hydrant. And the fire hydrant was uh, not bad looking either. And, um, and uh, this goose actually was uh, kind of on its tippy toes or its tippy webbed feet, whatever they have, uh, with its neck stretching up. Uh, kind of, it looked as if with every fiber of its being kind of leaning in and stretching to drink from this fire hydrant that was leaking. It was like dripping. And I actually saw this as I drove into the campsite a little early, and, uh, and I laughed. I just such a ridiculous thing that I saw. And, uh, and I laughed more when I thought what would happen if I just had to kind of open that fire hydrant onto the goose's <laughs> face. Uh, laughed a little more and kind of went on with the day, did some setup uh, before uh, campus came. And then we had a leaders meeting, and God just kind of dropped in my heart that picture that I saw uh, and um, drew a correlation for me between some of the teens that were going to come and just this kind of desperation and this kind of, some of them knew that they were looking and longing for more of God, and some of them didn't, but there was this thirst and this desire and this desperation, just like I saw that goose kind of desperately as a thirsty, thirsty goose. And so I shared that with the leaders, and, and what happened is um, a flurry of kind of prophetic words came around this kind of God uh, pouring himself out. Uh, God had been dropping this in other people's hearts as well, and he just set us up so well for camp, and that's exactly what we saw. It was so beautiful. God really showed up. Uh, he really came and revealed himself and met with people in meaningful and significant ways. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's just such a wonderful time. Another uh, key thing that, that we felt as a, as a team was just a thing of meaningful friendships being formed. And so there's a saying that, that goes, um, your friendships determine the, the direction and the quality of your life. And it's so true, especially for teenagers. Um, and Proverbs 13, 20 says, um, uh, walk with the wise and you become wise, and the, comp the, companion of the wi and the companion of fools suffers harm. Sorry, walk with the wise, become wise, and the companion of fools suffers harm. And there, there's this, there was this idea that um, guys, guys and girls are going to come and form lasting, uh, meaningful, significant, godly friendships. And that's something else that we saw happen at camp, which is really just so beautiful. Um, the theme of the camp was um, living in a hostile world, uh, and we went to the book of the the book of Daniel, and it was just uh, so good. We had input from um, multiple different uh, churches represented, and uh, we got to see um, guys and girls in, in ministry times, in times of worship, in times of one-on-one um, -on -one connections, in times of um, responding to the Word of God. We just saw that thirst and that hunger, um, and it was really beautiful. Okay, and then as we ended... We had felt that uh, that thirst wasn't just a thirst about being fulfilled and being satisfied, but it was a, f a thirst to be rejuvenated, to drink deeply of God, to be rejuvenated so that they can go out. So it wasn't just like a coming in, but it was a so that they can go out. And um, how the camp ended was, was just like that. My mouth is becoming very dry. I'm going to take a sip of water.
so thirsty, so, so thirsty. And, um, yeah, and, and just kind of as we, as we landed at Guy, we, we could see that teens were refreshed, rejuvenated, ready and excited to go out into the communities, into their schools, uh, just pumped to go and be a light in what really is a hostile world, what you're saying, it's a hostile world. It was just such a great time. And I, w- I just want to end by saying thank you on two notes. Uh, thank you for your financial contributions. I know that uh, the financial contributions from Advance enabled 34 campers who would not otherwise uh, have been able to go. It was amazing. An experience of God and friendships like I just mentioned. So thank you for that. And then secondly, for your prayers. Many of you were there with us in spirit, uh, part of the journey on the WhatsApp group, knowing what was going on. And uh, I, I believe that nothing, signific- nothing of eternal significance is going to happen without uh, prayer. That's just how God's made it. <laughs> and so thank you so much for your prayers. God really worked deeply and amazingly, and we're so, so stoked to have been a part of it, and we're looking forward to the next one. Thanks, guys. Thank you, man. It's so beautiful to see and to experience growing with young people. It's very, very beautiful. I think we can hear from both the speakers that it's the work is going on and it's not just going on in one place, but it's going on in different places. And our prayer for the future is that more camps come in other provinces, in other countries, in Africa. There the should be camps because they're so good. And as all of you stood up, we're very impacted by them. Yeah. So I'm just going to ask them to play the video for the KZN, and then I'm going to hand over to Tom.
Amen. I'd love us to pray that the fruit that was born at those camps stays and lasts and just continues to mature. Let's, let's pray together. Uh, don't just wait for my prayer. Let's pray out loud as one. Father God, thank you so much for all that you've done. Thank you for the fruit of the gospel. Thank you for every leader who intentionally invested time and effort and passion and love. And Lord, we pray that the gospel that seeds that were sown would mature. They would ripen. They would bear much fruit. Lord, we pray for strong oaks of righteousness. Lord, we pray for a new generation full of the gospel and full of faith, imagining what you could do. We pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask a few guys to come and join me, and I'd love us to uh, put our hands together for these guys because they're on the front lines of this ministry area. So uh, with Keenan from KZN, Simon from Gauteng, uh, Navarro from uh, Madagascar, and Cephas from Kenya, would you guys come and, and join me up here? These guys uh, are frontline warriors, uh, sowing gospel seeds into our teenagers. Some of them look more warrior-like than others. It's okay. And I'd love to, to just frame kind of the work that they're doing. Uh, in, in Psalm 78, we read this in verse 4. We will not hide from our children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. And the reason why these guys do this every Sunday, every Friday, whenever they meet, the reason why they do this is because in verse 7 it says, so that they might put their hopes in God. And that's, that's what these guys are seeing uh, when they're meeting as uh, youth groups. So I'd love us just to go around. Uh, would you introduce yourself and then just maybe introduce how your church is involved in youth ministry? Sai, you got the mic. You can kick us off. Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, my name's Simon. I lead the high school ministry at uh, Goldfest Parks called Ignite uh, for the past seven years. We planted that and now it's uh, just really fruitful. And I've recently planted into the Jobbik CBD and we've kicked off youth as well. So currently leading two youth groups. Are <laughs> <laughs> youth leaders will be youth leaders. <laughs> uh, my name is Keenan. I'm from Reconciliation Road Church of Mams and Toti. Um, yeah, hey, someone, someone enjoys Rec Road over there. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I lead uh, the youth at Rec Road. Um, so, uh, we call it Summit. It's going on, I think, almost three years now. So we meet every Friday. Um, we actually just came back from our winter camp, I think, two, three weeks ago. So it's just been great to see over the past three years the youth grow and the kids grow and, and just that ministry take off. Afternoon. Uh, my name is Cephas, and I can see some snickering there because I don't actually lead the youth uh, group. So it's like... I, I, I didn't force myself here, guys. I was, <laughs> I, I was <laughs> press ganged. Yeah, no, I forced him into um, this. Sorry, that's my fault. Yeah, so uh, I oversee. We, we've got uh, a guy and a team who uh, lead the youth work. It's called Teen Tribe. I'm from One Tribe Church in Nairobi. And uh, we had uh, a teen's life group before COVID. And then that kind of died with COVID. 
and then we've started this teen tribe more as uh, they meet on a Sunday as well as uh, one Saturday a week. And they also had a camp last year. And I'll be talking a bit more about Youth Alpha as well. Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Nyavu. Uh, I'm not involved in youth anymore. <laughs> uh, but I used to lead the youth in Madagascar for six or seven years. And uh, because of COVID, the youth group has stopped uh, meeting. And now we have new youth groups in different churches since we've, we've multiplied in churches. And uh, because I, wa I was the previous youth leader, I'm trying to help out as much as I can with the new youth groups that's, that's existing in different churches. Fantastic. Keep the mic over that side. Just in chatting with these guys and getting to know what they're doing, just a question for each one of them individually that I think will really tease out what they're doing. And I know for many of us, we've got different youth group kind of roles and functions in our churches. Some of us are established with programs and running. Some of us are trying to get off the ground. And so hopefully, so part of one of their journeys is going to touch and inspire us in our individual churches. So starting just over here, can, can you tell us, uh, Nova, what, uh, what what's your hope and your aim if you've got these different youth groups dotted around the congregations? What's the vision? What's the aim? Yeah, the vision and the aim is definitely to raise younger guys uh, first, to, to, to be a Christian, <laughs> to love the Lord, to love the Word of God, and also to be in ministry. Just a short testimony, like since we've divided, we've uh, multiplied into from two churches to four churches, I can, I can mention at least three names. Mm -hmm. two, of them, uh, two of them are now sitting with elders to, to help, and those are like 20 years guys. And my hope is to really build men, uh, young guys, younger women, to love the Lord, to love the Word of God, and uh, healthy things grow, eh? When they get healthy, they, they will grow, yeah. Amen. Thanks so much. Seafest, <laughs> yeah. you mentioned you were doing Youth Alpha and trying to reach more teenagers. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, cool. Um, <coughs> so I think from my kind of uh, previously, I was doing a lot of uh, university students' work, and so... Uh, we had run a youth alpha, and that culminated in a, in a church plant from from that. So, a youth alpha that launched into a church plant. Yeah, yeah, Amazing. in Zimbabwe, and so, kind of when uh, looking at what can we do with our youth, uh, you know, we uh, we need something that's easy, sustainable, that's kind of low um, low barrier of entry. And so Youth Alpha, you yeah. know there'll be great theology. All you have to do is bring the food and have an icebreaker, and they do everything else. And uh, in between, there's the Holy Spirit uh, weekend, and you're kind of thinking, how do we talk to the teens about the Holy Spirit? Like, well, it's in the program. We'll, we'll have to do it. <laughs> and so we did that. And um, yeah, it was just a great program. Out of that, one of the uh, young... Um, uh, teen girls whose mom uh, passed away when she was a baby decided she wanted to get baptized and she asked the youth leaders, the guys who were running the youth to baptize her I was so moved I was incredibly moved at this she's found a family through this and so yeah I would recommend Youth Alpha as just a low barrier of entry if there's nothing that you have going on with your youth. Fantastic. Thank you, CFS. 
Keenan, uh, I know in, in your youth group, you're in the middle of doing a youth hour for yourself, uh, but uh, I'd love you to ask, teenagers can be a, uh, a very strange breed of human. And so uh, won't wo you tell us, like, what, are, what do you think uh, on the ground, in proximity with these teenagers, what do you think these guys are crying out for? And uh, how does the gospel reach their need? Yeah, so I'm, <coughs> I'm in KZN, so I'll speak from a KZN point of view. Um, I remember Chatwick Casillo was at the back doing sound. He used to be part of our youth, and he discipled me to take over. Um, and I was on the phone with him chatting one day about the mission for our youth as Summit. Um, and we, got, we boiled it down to two main things. You need to reach kids where they are and give them what they need. Um, and really focusing on their needs, we actually heard it this morning um, in our first session. It's that um, we shouldn't let our present time define our identity. And I'm sure it's actually not just bound to KZM, but these kids struggle with identity. They go to school and they constantly get told where to sit, when to eat, what classes to go to, and when to even go to the bathroom. Then they go home and they go on their phones and then they get told, this is what you should be and this is what you shouldn't be and, and, and this is what you can be and, and we don't even think about this and this is <laughs> what you should identify as. And, and there is a big question mark hanging over their heads over who am I actually. And, and even small things like doing, doing Alpha, having to discuss those questions with them and give them these answers like, actually, you don't need to worry about what the world describes you as because you know that you are, you're a child of God. You don't have to worry about what your school describes you as or what your mates describe you as because you know God. You have a Father in heaven. He, he planned you and He has a purpose for you and He crafted you before you were even in the womb. Um, so, yeah, and... It's been great to see the kids receive that really well, even coming back from our youth camp, to actually come out and realize, look, I, I have a destiny, I have a purpose, I have, I'm, and I'm going to go out and take action. I'm not just going to sit around and wait for other people to tell me what that is. Amen. That's great. And uh, just, just one more thing on Keenan. So he's talking a lot about identity. That's the contested space for teenagers right now. That's, the that's where the gospel can strike home, home runs in teenagers' hearts. Uh, but Keenan, you have a different way of speaking identity and names <laughs> over teenagers in your youth group. Yeah. Explain. Uh, so like I said, we need to meet kids where they are and give them what they need. And, and a lot of that looks like relationships. And I'd say we've crafted a very uh, unique. unique way of forming relationships at Summit. Uh, that being, we don't call anyone by their names. I've actually had <laughs> Gareth, he came up to me one Sunday and he's like, oh, there's a girl from youth and she wants to get baptized. Her name's Oetu. And I was like, no, we don't have an Oetu at our youth. And he was like, no, she goes to youth. Like she, she's part of your group. And I was like, no, she's not. Uh, long story short, we just call her by her, different, uh, her nickname. It's, it's Mo. And we've got a whole bunch of kids named a whole bunch of things, and it makes absolutely no sense, but it's brilliant. We've got one kid called, he wears a beanie like really high up on his head, and it looks like a top of an Energade bottle. So he's called Energade, his cousin called Powerade by association. <laughs> <We've> <laughs> um, the one kid that comes to youth, he's called Disney. I don't know where the name came from. He brought a friend, he became Pixar. <laughs> we went to youth camp, they both brought a friend, he's now DreamWorks. <laughs> um, Oh, when I got the mic first, some people were shouting Lemon in the front. I don't even get called by my name. People come up to me like, you are Lemon, right? Some people call me Lemon. Some people call me Melon. 
Yeah. Um. And and it, yeah, it's something that's unique and it's funny and the kids. And teenagers like this. Teenagers like it. They feel like they're known by name, even though it's not they're their known name. Known. But by power age. But the, yeah, yeah. I mean, even even Celo at the back, he's got an array of nicknames. We used to call him Helen. We used to call him Squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> Risk assessment. And. And no one knows risk management because he really used to just hover over us like an HR department when he was there. Um. <laughs> Which, by the way, every church needs, okay? It's the youth leader's job to test the boundaries. Someone needs to pull them back in. Yeah. Um. Great. <laughs> and Sai, Sai, you, you, so you're leading two youth groups in two different locations at the same time. You've been leading Ignite for a long time with a lot of fruit. A lot of size leaders are former youth who have been discipled into leadership. And so I know that you've kind of, as you've been pouring into them, your church has kind of been pouring into you as well and fueling you. So, so when you tell us, what does that look like for the church to empower and prioritize you as you're doing that to teenagers? So I think I want you, I don't know what the right word is, High youth ministry, high school ministry is not church light. It's not something we do yeah. like in the background to while the main church is happening. Over the last seven years, the amount of fruit and transformation that's happened in youth will blow, will blow your socks off. It's been unreal. And to all the church leaders, I just I want to say, I want to say something. Youth doesn't become important when your kids are about to get to high school. It's important today. Youth, there's lots of things we can say. Every moment I have to speak into a teenager's life, I'm not thinking. I'm thinking this is a place where we're training future church leaders people that are going to change society and the world. In the next 10 years, in Joburg, I'm putting my money on the table. There are going to be amazing fruit coming out of our churches because teenagers are getting it early and are walking faithfully with Jesus. And that is powerful. There's parents in this room this morning or this afternoon that have kids in our youth and they can share testimonies about stuff that's happening. Uh, just, guys, God is epic. The reason why pouring into young people's lives is so important is because we are sending them to a place that we can never go to, and that is the future. They're going to go to places we we can't get there. And when we raise kids well, the greatest privilege I've ever had is to be with teenagers the, what you see from the age of 13 when they rock up, they are, they're calling your uncle, asking to go have a wee-wee at the toilet. <laughs> and within five years, the older I'm becoming, five years feels like a long weekend. In five years, they become men and women. And they are really taking on leadership and doing stuff. Claire, who's been on youth for years, she was a 15-year-old girl uh, in my wife's small group. Not even like, like the other day. And now she's like a powerhouse legend. I can't remember the question. It's somewhere over there, Sai. 
Guys, you've got, you've got 10 seconds each, okay? Uh, what I would love you guys to do, can you please zoom? Uh, you've been focusing on your church. Can you zoom out to look at our movement and look at our continent? Can you tell us what's, what's your prayer? What's your hope for this next generation? Sai. Your, your 10 seconds is... <laughs> the gospel's important, but it's not boring. Remember to love Jesus, enjoy yourself. We live and then we die. We know we continue living, but let's have some good times while we're here and let's raise some power. And it's not just about leadership program. Let's pour life into these kids. Let's pray for the spirit. Let's release spiritual gifts over our continent. That's great. Keenan, prayer, your prayer, your hope. Um, yeah, one of my main prayers actually goes out to youth leaders. And, and there's this cool quote. I don't know who it's by. Um, I think I shared it with you yesterday, but it, it says that a society grows great when old men plant trees in which the shade of which they know they'll never be able to sit in. Um, and that speaks a lot into youth leading. And, and the aim is, is to actually disciple and lead kids to grow up and serve and lead better than we can. Um, and it's for leaders across Africa to have that same heart into their kids and into their youths. Fantastic. CFS? Yeah. Um, I think just kind of thinking of the story of the Israelites in the desert and how the older generation were like, oh, they're going to, we're going to be killed. They're going to be taken as slaves. And God said, no, no, that's not what's going to happen. They are actually the ones who are going to inherit the land. And so it's just a vision and a dream for them to go further than we can and to have an inheritance of mega promises that we might not be able to taste in our lifetimes. Great. Um, yeah, I want to, to see many churches planted in every cities in Africa, in every countries, in every suburbs even, like healthy churches. And uh, as on the back of what's been said, that's, that's not something we can do. That's we need to invest in the next generations. That's like, let's, we speak of hundreds, thousands of churches being planted, healthy churches, and we need to invest in the next generation. Amen. Yeah. Guys, stay up here. If you're involved in youth ministry at all, at, at any level, overseeing, in the team, uh, maybe you're an intern, won't you stand for us? If that's you in any way. Let's honor all of these guys together. Amen. Steve, isn't there some kind of age cap on this thing? Wow. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much uh, for, for coming up. Uh, we're going to get an opportunity just now to pray uh, all together for our teenagers, but we'd love just to lift the focus slightly from teenagers to the next generation of leaders as well. So Charity is going to come uh, and just talk a little bit with Donovan about our Advanced Future Shapers event. Amen. Can Donovan... <laughs> Well, hi, Donovan. <laughs> uh, so mostly what I've loved someone said about youth and young adults is that the youth listens mostly to young adults for some reason, but mostly because the young adults have just left their youth years. So they, the youth is usually looking up to them. So <laughs> Donovan would just share about advanced 
future spaces and what they do. I think it's a great, great idea. So guys, listen and be inspired to share this to someone else. Hi, everyone. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm, I'm kind of the beneficiary of carrying on something that's been started by others. And uh, so what's happening in the Western Cape is we do a Future Shapers weekend. Last did it two years ago. Um, so I don't know if it'll be a two-year pattern, but the idea is to invite churches in the hub to send through uh, people in their church that are between 18 and 28 years old. So kind of the, the leaders in the church get to decide who they want to send. And so you're thinking around your people of influence, your kingdom influences, future church branches, future elders, you know, people that are invested in the life of your local church um, and maybe serving within the church or through the church into the marketplace. And then to gather all these guys together, and it's brilliant when you're pooling your resources, you know, you, you're making connections, you've got friendships, uh, you're inspiring, you're having times of worship just in God's presence, and stuff happens, and friendships get formed, and we're trusting God to, in a sense, ruin these guys' lives for the kingdom and to help them. You know, it's the decision decade of life, this 18 to 28-year-old, where people are making massive decisions around their future. And so, uh, and, and it's brilliant. When you're pooling your resources like that and you're pulling from a bunch of churches, you get to pull in some, some gifts to help serve those moments. So most, uh, you know, we're running a few workshops, um, you know, just around helping guys navigate, for instance, just the new rhythms of responsibilities of being an adult. Now, having a job, working nine to five, the pressures of the workplace, um, you know, budgeting, et cetera, et cetera, prioritizing church. So just helping the guys on-ramp into life and what it means to their life. We, we're really feeling like actually that we're trusting God to raise up some church planters. So we don't usually focus on the church as like an end for these guys, but we feel like, hey, maybe God's going to stir some hearts in this area. So there's a, there's a focus there. We, we have the pleasure of having Umanisi and hopefully uh, Tashinga is also going to come to join us. And so that's the brilliance of just pooling resources. You get, to, you get to partner like that. But most of the magic also happens just with local, local guys just loving and wanting to be there. And so uh, we try to pull together some of the elders, a marketplace. So not the full-time pastors that are just working in the church, but like we've got Alan Liu that are coming. Guys that are, the, the guys that are, they want to learn from, and I'm learning this from the team. It's not about knowing the right stuff. It's about living being genuine and living something. And so inviting the guys in that are in the marketplace, that are prioritizing the kingdom, prioritizing the church, and kind of got that right. And then just letting those guys be around. And so no real portfolio, just hang out, connect, find someone to pray with, find out their story, uh, see what's happening. And so, yeah, we're very excited. Um, you can pray for us. I mean, whatever you're imagining God could do in the lives of 18 to 28-year-olds, pray for that. But uh, the big thing is that, that the kingdom of God would just become the most important thing in these guys' lives. That actually what we're living here for is that uh, we're living for something beyond these three score and ten years that we live. So pray for us. Pray for that. Pray for that weekend. We'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. This is awesome. Please come back, Donovan. We'd just like to. <laughs> Sorry. Can we just stretch our hands and just pray for this project and it'll just spread out and a whole lot of people would be impacted by it. Lord, we just want to thank you, Lord God, for this. We just want to thank you for this project, Lord Jesus, and we pray, Lord God, that your work will be done, Lord Jesus, that you will plant big big dreams, big gifts, Father God, into the people who will be 
impacted by this future spaces, Lord Jesus. We pray, Lord God, that you will show more of yourself, Lord God, and just that growth in you is beautiful, Lord God, that we can stand together, Father God, and preach your word and grow together in church. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord God. Amen. Amen. Great. What we're going to do in the remainder of our time is uh, actually to just get up, uh, break into groups, and there's three prayer points that we would love you to pray into. Uh, my suggestion would be to take one of those prayer points in your groups, uh, just make a quick decision. This is the one that we're going to focus on, and to spend a few minutes just praying faith-filled prayers and believing that God is doing this. And again, just want to reemphasize this idea of a harvest. It, it feels so clear. It feels like it's right in front of us. If we want to be a movement that changes our continent, if we want to see the gospel go to the corners of this continent, this is the place where we should sow. So in our groups, we can pray, uh, number one, pray for discipleship, that, uh, that our kids would be reached by the Lord and then discipled into the fear of the Lord. Let's pray, number two, for the next generation of leaders who are going to be able to breathe life and faith into our teenagers uh, let's pray number three, as we've heard so much about the collaboration that we have within our unity as a family of churches. Let's pray into that and pray that that would grow and just go from strength to strength. You decide in your groups which one you'd love to pray for. Uh, but let's get into threes, fours, or fives. Uh, let's stand up, move around the room, uh, and then in five minutes or so, we'll come back together again.
Mighty God, we lift up this next generation to you now, Lord, and we ask that you would come and seek and save the lost. Lord, we pray that you would prove yourself to be mighty to save. Lord, we, we say that you know your sheep, and your sheep will listen to you. They will hear your voice. And so, Father, we pray, come and cry out for your sheep. Come and cry out for these teenagers, people who are feeling so lost, people who are feeling so confused in identity. Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would call them by name. You would speak redemption over their lives and over their families, Lord. Lord, we want to put up our hands and say we want to be part of this. We want to be part of your mission. We want our churches to have stories and testimonies of their own, Lord. Lord, we pray for the, the churches with, with youth groups, with teenagers uh, squeezed into a hall. We pray for churches that are trying to get off the ground. And Lord, we pray, when you come and breathe life over all of us? You know our situations. You know our communities. You know our people. And mighty God, we pray that as this harvest seems so plentiful, perhaps more plentiful than it's ever been in our continent before, Lord, we cry out for leaders. We pray, won't you send laborers? Won't you send people who will sacrifice themselves and say, this is a worthy cause, the kingdom of God to the ends of our continent, Lord. We pray this in your precious and mighty name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Maybe, what, maybe we can just quickly say a prayer. If, if you represent a church here and you're trusting God for a youth leader, a kids rock leader, just someone, you're just trusting God uh, for someone to give leadership because a lot of this just comes down to leadership and finding the right person. Why don't you stick up your hand nice and high and why don't uh, we just gather around these guys Maybe just ask them, hey, what are, you, what are you trusting God for? If there's a lot of you together, just spread out a little bit. There's a, just keep your hands up, guys. And let's gather around these guys and let's just pray. Um, one or two of you, just pray a sharp prayer and ask for God's provision. Just 30 seconds each, pray all together, pray out loud for these churches and for these leaders. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you know exactly what your churches need, every single one of them. Lord Jesus, that your, your, 
Your eyes are on our church. Your eyes are on our young people, Lord Jesus. And we pray that you would raise up leaders of kids, leaders of teens, leaders of preteens, Lord Jesus, who are passionate about seeing this next generation come to faith. Lord, that you would get a hold of the hearts of leaders. You would call them. You would equip them. And you would connect them to churches even right now, Lord Jesus. And let that leader become catalytic in more teenagers and more kids coming to faith in you, we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. Right. You can take your seats briefly. Just a couple of announcements as we wrap up this session. So um, you will see it is now 5.33. Dinner is served at 6, say 6 o'clock, where we had lunch. And then we are starting at 7.15 p.m. back in this session. Okay. So if you are late, you're going to miss out. So what time are we back? Remember to mingle, have dinner with someone you don't know, get to know people. Thanks for your time. Have a great dinner. Hey guys, could I have your attention for just one minute? Just, if you are involved in kids ministry, kind of pre-teens, teens or students, could I ask you to come to the front uh, just real quick, just want to quickly uh, coordinate something with our kids, students, pre-teens, teens, why don't you guys just move forward real quick, that'd be great, thanks. <laughs> 